Welcome to Keystone Education Radio, the podcast for all things focused on education in Pennsylvania. Now here's your host, Annette Gray. Today we're talking about a topic that is serious and uncomfortable and critical in nature, suicide in the student population. Suicide as a topic that impacts the world's population is overwhelming and heart-wrenching. In 2016, the World Health Organization estimated that each year, approximately 1 million people die from suicide. In the last 45 years, suicide rates have increased by 60% worldwide. When you take the topic of suicide and you narrow it down to a conversation centered around children or teenagers, it goes from heart-wrenching to utterly unthinkable. It is unimaginable for most of us to contemplate that a child would find, for whatever reason, that suicide is the only option, the only action or response they feel they have. With respect to suicide prevention, we are all responsible as human beings and citizens of the world. We are all, each of us, responsible to one another to care about and to care for one another and to reach out when we see someone struggling. In 2016, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention cited that suicide was the second leading cause of death among individuals between the ages of 10 and 34. Based on the 2015 Youth Risk Behaviors Survey, 8.6% of youth in grades 9 through 12 reported that they had made at least one suicide attempt in the past 12 months. Going back to responsibility, when you consider at-risk youth, the scope looks different because we as adults have a greater responsibility to minor children. Schools nationwide and across Pennsylvania are struggling to define their role and responsibility from an ethical and legal perspective. As part one of what will be a multi-part series on suicide awareness and prevention in our schools, we are here today talking with Dave Lynn Smeltzer, Senior Director of Governance Services for the Pennsylvania School Boards Association. Welcome, Dave Lynn. Thank you, Annette. I'm happy to be here. We're going to jump into the topic of school policy on suicide awareness and prevention, looking at the defined parameters around the role played by schools and how this all fits into the intense and complicated dialogue on school safety and security. It's very complex, so we'll start with this. The Pennsylvania Department of Education and PSBA have had different policies throughout the years. Give us some history on that, why there were differences, and then where we stand today. Certainly. Thank you, Annette. Well, to give you the history, it all started off with, uh, back in 2015-16 with Act 71, uh, amended the Pennsylvania School Code Section 1526, which is the Youth Suicide Awareness and Prevention uh, portion of the school code. And it required an age-appropriate um, Youth Suicide Awareness and Prevention policy to be developed and the PDE was directed to develop a policy that schools may use. So PDE at that point, they uh, got a group of experts together. Um, They did not work on this in isolation. They did include PSBA, which was great. Some of the experts that they worked with were Dr. Eric Batra. He is a physician with the Penn State Hershey Medical Group and with a special interest in youth suicide. 
and also Paula S. McCommons. She's the director of the Star Center Outreach and Mental Health Liaison for Allegheny County. And then Dr. Perry Rosen is the project director for the Pennsylvania Office of Mental Health and Substance Abuse uh, services. And so we had some very good advice. Um, and then uh, also there were the experts at PDE as well as PSBA in terms of policy. And the committee uh, at that time, as we were moving on, it was becoming clear that we would not have something in place in time for the 2015-16 school year in terms of policy. And that's something that the legislation required. So PSBA did take all of the information that we received and developed their own policy to get it out to our membership. Because as you know, most school districts go through one policy reading presented at the first reading and then adopted at the second reading, which that is a timely process. And we wanted to make sure that our, our members had the correct information. So PSBA came out with their policy. It very closely aligned the requirements um, of the statute. Uh, as well as an administrative regulation. And then PDE issued their own policy, which also was compliant. Uh, they were just a little bit different in terms of what we put in policy, what we put in administrative regulations, and the emphasis on, on the policies. One of the best things that the committee did uh, was they made a commitment to revisit this policy. They did not want the policy just to be put into place and um, not for it to be reviewed and updated and kept as a living, um, really effective document within the schools. So that's something that uh, they still include PSBA and in their committee meetings and throughout the years, we have just kind of morphed the policies. We've used some of their information, they've used some of our information. Uh, Carol Kuntz is now the head of the Office for Safe Schools at PDE, and uh, the suggestion was made, why don't we just have one policy for our schools to implement and to put into place? And I think the policies are really close enough at this point in time that we certainly can go ahead and do that. When will this be available? The policy is now under review. I have made edits um, to the PDE version, and it has. we've gotten feedback from some of the experts, and now it's going through the PDE review cycle. So okay. I am hoping within the next couple of months, if not sooner, that we'll have that policy out to our members. Okay, and that'll be communicated out to the membership when that's available. That's correct. Through PSBA, it will be communicated out through our Policy News Network um, or Policy News Network Plus, uh, whichever you're a member of, and you will receive an updated policy as well as administrative regulations. Great. So why is prevention of suicide critical for school safety, and why is it part of the safety and security dialogue? Well, Act 44 of this year um, brought into play a lot of school safety and security measures. And part of that is to coordinate training and resources for students and staff related to situational awareness, trauma-informed education, behavioral health awareness, suicide and bullying, substance abuse, and emergency procedures and training drills. So you can see that a lot of these issues are interrelated. Um, you, they do cover suicide, 
Um, bullying can lead to suicide. Substance abuse can lead to suicide. Also, one thing that I wanted to mention was when we drafted the policies, you really need to look at not only your suicide policy that you have in place, the suicide prevention policy, but how is that tied into your bullying policy? How is it tied into your student assistance program policy? How is it tied into your harassment policies? And really make sure that um, all of these issues are addressed uh, because they all lead up to um, trauma for the student. So it's very important and I think what's coming out with what's being emphasized with Act 44 is really to be aware of the issues with your students and to see how you can provide them support and assistance. Um, and that goes back to Obviously, back in 2015, the main goal of this was suicide awareness and prevention, awareness of what's going to lead to suicide, um, and that can lead to school violence. Um, so it is, it's certainly a big issue for schools to deal with. Okay. And how does the new school safety and security coordinator role have a part in this? What is their responsibility, or what is the responsibilities of that role as it pertains to suicide awareness and prevention? Well, the school safety and security coordinator um, is the newly appointed position that's responsible for the coordination of that training and resources for students and school entity staff in matters relating to the situational awareness, trauma-informed education awareness, behavioral health awareness, suicide and bullying, and so forth, including substance abuse. And in the suicide uh, prevention guidelines in the policy, there has to be a uh, crisis response team. And that crisis response team initially was to include administrators, school counselors, school psychologists, school nurses, school social workers, school police officers, and school resource officers, um, and or teachers, and um, other members of the student assistance program team but we also feel that the school safety and security coordinator because of those new responsibilities and the awareness that they have to have should be part of uh, that crisis response team okay one point that's highlighted in the policy is school connectedness defining it as a student's belief that adults and peers in the school care about their learning as well as about them as individuals how important is this? How are schools being advised to respond in this area? That's a great question. And it's also a complex question. But basically, schools, students in schools need to feel that they are cared about. Um, one of the policies that we refer to in the suicide policy is policy 204, the attendance policy. If kids are missing school, why are they missing school? What's going on with them? Um, if they are, you know, and ask the questions, um, you know, hey, what's going on? Why did this happen? Um, if a student is skipping school, if a student is um, having some behavioral issues, if they're standoffish, if they're having some anger issues, you know, ask the question. Let them know you care and, and try and find out what's going on in their lives. Um, this also goes into disciplinary measures and how folks handle that. Um, so I think that this whole the legislation, the point of the legislation, the trauma-informed education. You know, students who are in trauma 
they're going to have some difficulties that will come over and play into schools. So the more we learn about the student, show the student that we care about them, have them open up, let them know that we're, it's a supportive environment and you're there to help them succeed, um, the better. Great. Also in the policy, the risk factors are described as characteristics at the biological, psychological, family, community, or cultural level that proceed and are associated with a higher likelihood of negative outcomes, including suicide. How are the schools directed to address or react to factors that are outside the walls of the school? I think the key to that is really keeping the communication open. Um, you know, having a call line that if, if a student is in trouble, other students can step up and, and, you know, not be identified, but get that student some assistance. Um, having the teachers know what's going on with their students, being alert and aware. And I think the training will play into that so that they know the signs to look for. I think all students at one point or another are going to have at least one of the risk factors in their lives. There's a lot going on in students' lives, but it's when there are multiple risk factors going on and folks are able to identify that. Um, and they can coordinate with the families or the families know that they can reach out to the school. Um, there's also been a lot of discussion about increase in school counseling and mental health services um, for students and coordinating with agencies. So I think that um, whether it's in school or out of school, what happens out of school naturally flows into the school day. Um, and the schools need to know, the students need to know that those schools are a supportive environment. Right. This is a really complex and multi-layered topic, and it's one that we are going to be delving more deeply into uh, as part of a multi-part series in our podcast. But specific to what we've talked about today with respect to policy, resources and tools surrounding policy clarification, where should school leaders go for that? We will have, uh, in the policy itself, there is a listing of resources that folks can use. There's also uh, PDE, the Pennsylvania Department of Education, has a page uh, on their website, the Act 71 page, that lists a number of resources. Um, PDE also has a model curriculum that schools can use that lists some resources as well. Uh, and we will also be putting out some information on this podcast. We will, That's indeed. So for this episode, we're going to sign off. I want to thank you, Dave Lynn, for being with us today to cover this critically important topic and to help us kick off our multi-part series on the overarching subject of suicide prevention and awareness in schools. For more information and resources connected to what we've covered today, go to our website at keyedradio.org. This is Annette Gray saying thank you for listening to Keystone Education Radio. The views and opinions expressed on the Keystone Education Radio podcast are solely the views and opinions of our guests and do not reflect the views and opinions of the Pennsylvania School Boards Association. Thank you.